Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll hear from author Joe Kissel about how to upgrade to Lion. Lance Ulanoff of PCMag.com will talk about our dying space program. And then we'll hear from Dan Warren of Macworld about Google+, Netflix, Spotify. Lots more coming on the Tech Night Out Live. Joe Kissel, prolific author of Take Control Books, writes for Macworld and other places, joining us. Obviously, Lion is on the mind of every Mac user on the planet right now. We all know the basics, $29.99 US, a downloadable upgrade, you have to be running Snow Leopard. But we're going to look at also this book that Joe's come out with called Take Control of Upgrading the Lion. So if you want to get the latest and greatest, obviously these hints and tips will help you. The book will help you. But first and foremost, Joe, wouldn't it be easier as far as Apple is concerned to just buy a brand new Mac with Lion preloaded on it? Oh, of course. Uh, Apple definitely wants you to buy hardware. In fact, they are in fact taking every step possible to encourage you to buy new hardware. I mean, one of the things about Lion is, is, of course, that it requires a newer Mac if you don't have at least Core 2 Duo, so something released in about the last four or five years, it won't run. So, for those people who have older Macs, this is certainly an attempt by Apple to uh, to encourage you to buy new hardware. And there's one other consideration, another open secret, although it's not Apple's site, it was confirmed by Intuit, publishers of Quicken, which is this software called Rosetta, will not be supported under Lion. For those who tuned in late, what is Rosetta? So Rosetta is software that used to be built into or has always been <laughs> built into Mac OS X since the transition to Intel processors, which lets the older software, which was made for PowerPC processors, run. It doesn't have to be changed at all. It just runs on an Intel processor, even though it, uh, it wasn't Intel native. Apple always positioned it as this transitional thing this, the, that's just going to get us through these months or years while people are converting their code to be Intel native. With Lion, we now know uh, that that's the end of that. So if you have older software that has not been upgraded by the developer to natively work on Intel, then it's going to stop working in Lion. And as you say, Quicken is sort of the the biggest example of that because so many people have, have relied on it for so many years. And even though there are other Intuit products that will work on Lion, they're just not the same. They're not, they don't have all the features of, of Quicken. To be blunt, we have Quicken Essentials, which is a later yes. version of Quicken. It doesn't track stocks. It doesn't pay your bills. Now, I have to think here, and this is just one of those theoretical questions, Joe, and that is that we have this multi-billion dollar multinational corporation that builds financial software has an incredible online presence. They can't find two or three programmers who could write Mac software to fix that. You know, I I don't know what to make of this. It For years, it has seemed extraordinarily puzzling to me that even when Intuit was actively developing Quicken, the Mac version didn't keep up with the Windows version. And then, you know, now this. So I can't explain it. Based on how many people are complaining about Quicken now, it's clear that Intuit could make a lot of money selling a full-on, you know, Lion-compatible version of Quicken to Mac users. You know, they're might be some very odd technical problem that I don't know about. Who knows? I, but it does seem very, very strange. Again, I think they have the money to do it. 
And I can't imagine that you couldn't just rebuild this app from the ground up with those new features. Rebuild them again. Just use the same whatever conversion language to convert the files that you have on there already. This well, makes what? no sense to me. You know, it's like Microsoft, for example. Microsoft came out with Office 2008, and Visual Basic for applications was omitted because yeah. they couldn't build a universal Intel-compatible version. It wasn't restored until Office 2011. You have to think, Microsoft is the world's largest software company. Still, they are, even though Apple, in terms of market cap and income and revenue, is bigger now. In terms of software, Microsoft is still the big 800-pound gorilla. They have, what, 85, 90,000 people working for them. They spend billions of dollars to build Windows software. They couldn't figure out how to rebuild Visual Basic for applications and not take three or four years doing it? Yeah, well, in the case of, of Quicken, what really adds insult to injury is the fact that even if you decide, okay, yeah, I'll move over to Quicken Essentials, you can't even upgrade your old data underlying. They couldn't even be bothered to you know, create a data converter for, you know, that will run online. You have to do that upgrade while you're running Snow Leopard. So uh, that, that, that has made a lot of people, I think, very, very justly unhappy. You know, all I can say is if if you are really bound and determined to keep using Quicken, you can either keep using Snow Leopard or you could use the Windows version of Quicken under, you know, VMware Fusion or Parallels or whatever. Or, you know, if you're not, there are there are a lot of competitors out there that would sure like your business. So now the competitors out there and we get announcements, public relations announcements about various products that handle your personal finances. Can they convert the Quicken data? Because if they can, then it's there. There's the answer. Well, yeah, some of them some of them can and some of them can't, but there, some of the uh, competitors to Quicken can read and convert the, the Quicken format. Some can't. I don't have a, an exact list of which ones can do what. But as you said before, even if you were to move over to Quicken Essentials, you are giving up certain features. So and there, there, are, there are many alternatives to Quicken that, that a lot of people like, and there's a lot of discussion about which one's better or which one's worse, but they're all different. And so some people will say, well, yeah, this has the right feature set, but I really hate the interface or vice versa, or you know, it doesn't have some of the things Quicken had. It doesn't, doesn't have the same connection to my bank that Quicken had or whatever. Um, so... All I can say is everyone's personal finance needs are different. You're going to have to download some some demo copies and try them out for yourself before making up your mind. And if it comes down to that, write a nasty letter. Well, not too nasty. Write a letter to Intuit and say, look, this makes no sense. You have the money to do it. Go ahead, hire the programmers, and fix the problem. I was thinking also... Wouldn't this be an opportunity, and this is another theoretical discussion, Joe, for a third-party company to offer to license Rosetta from Apple and develop it for Lion? Well, I don't know all of the legal issues, but as I understand it, Apple, in fact, doesn't own Rosetta. It's IBM that that owns the underlying technology. Well, they also license technology from a company called Transitive at one Mm -hmm. time. Right, so uh, it it may not be it may not be actually something that I mean for all I know and I don't know I'm just I'm totally guessing here, but um, licensing issues might have been an element that 
contributed to preventing Apple from including uh, Rosetta in line. I mean, they might have decided not to do it anyway. I don't know. But um, I, I'm just saying there there may be some legal reason that would prevent a third party from being able to do that. I just really don't know. Okay. Now, other than Quicken, any other notable apps that you can mention that – are going well, to uh, you know to run? Uh, sure Apple works um, oh yes you know Canvas X freehand Microsoft Office 2004 I mean sure okay so you 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 were talking about how Microsoft Office left out Visual Basic in 2008 and put it back in 2011 which is true however uh, a lot of people consider Microsoft Office 2000 Microsoft Office 2011 to be Worse in various other ways, you know, worse interface and and so on. So they're like, oh, well, you know, I'd really rather actually just stay with 2004, but you can't under Lion. Um, I have and- a client who got himself the most powerful 27-inch iMac on the planet. I uh-huh. mean, the most powerful. He upped the memory to 16 gigabytes. Apple charges you a $600 upgrade, which is insane. He got the dual drive setup, which has an internal solid-state drive. And then the regular hard drive, two drives, with the most powerful Core i7 processor. This is the ultimate speed demon. I've never seen such a fast computer. And neighbors, this is only the beginning. There's a whole lot more. I've mm-hmm. never seen such a prolific author as Joe Kissel back on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. There are two things IT professionals and their clients have in common. They want the job done right. They want it done fast. That's why I highly recommend go to Assist Express by Citrix to anyone in IT. It puts clients at ease with its simple and secure remote support and puts you in a position to do what you do best, access, diagnose, and resolve. Try Go to Assist Express free for 30 days. Visit gotoassist.com slash podcast to see how you can deliver live tech support to anyone. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Are you tired of spending money for metal canning lids year after year? Then stop! 
Stop buying metal lids and get Tatler reusable canning lids. Made of USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, Tatler canning lids let you safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways that contain BPA, but Tatler canning lids are indefinitely reusable and guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning and contain no BPA. Tatler lids are dishwasher safe, perfect for standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders by phone at 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's 1-877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com. Tatler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy glucosamine chondroitin 60 cap summer sale priced at only $12. Colon Enhancer 250 caps summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Joe Kissel, prolific author. We're focusing on a new book that came out this month called Take Control of Upgrading to Lion, which is all about what you need to do to upgrade to Mac OS 10.7 Lion, which Apple is offering as a downloadable upgrade for $29.99. But they have also given up this software component called Rosetta, which allows you to run old software that doesn't support Intel processors on a Mac, PowerPC software. And we're mentioning, of course, Intuit Quicken. And as you mentioned, we have Office 2004. My friend with the world's fastest iMac on the planet just got it a couple of weeks ago. He loves Office 2004. He hates Word 2008. He hates Word 2011. He wants me to adjust it so 2011, he gets rid of the ribbon and a few things he can't stand. The point being, you can't run it because of Rosetta. Freehand, there's an organization out there you might have heard of, Joe, called Free Freehand Organization. I haven't heard of it, actually, no. Okay, it's a movement to persuade, and I think also by lawsuit if necessary, persuade Adobe to resume development of Freehand, which they acquired when they bought Macromedia several years ago for several billion dollars, which is mostly, I guess, to get Flash. They, in the absence of that, hope that maybe Adobe will pawn off the application to somebody else to develop. 
And of course, now it creates an even greater problem because Freehand can't run on new Macs with Lion. So there right. you go. Yeah, and there are, there are a lot of other cases, too, where uh, software has been updated. I mean, speaking of Adobe, obviously, the, you know, if you have uh, CS5 or whatever, that'll run on Lion 5.5. But if you have you know, CS3, if you have a really old version of Photoshop or Creative Suite, that might not be compatible with Lion. And it's not that the software, it's not that the developer hasn't done their job, but you may be saying, well, you know, great that I can upgrade to Lion for $30, but then if I have to pay however many hundreds of dollars to upgrade my other software so that that works under Lion, that's kind of a bigger deal, and that could be a deal breaker for some people. And in some cases, you may have to upgrade memory. Apple yep. doesn't say it on their site. It's in the press release. It's not on the public information about Lion. You need two gigabytes. It will not install on a Mac with less than two gigabytes of RAM. Is that correct? Well, two gigabytes is the is the lower limit. But honestly, I don't think I could stand to run Lion in a Mac that only had two gigabytes of RAM. For you know, these days. For me, I, I find anything less than eight to be kind of painful. So Yeah, but you also yeah. realize things like the MacBook Air with soldered on memory, yeah. you get a two gigabyte version, forget it. There are older yeah. Macs that are otherwise theoretically compatible with Lion because they were produced with a Core 2 Duo processor at the end of 2006 with less than a gigabyte of RAM. That I'm is talking true. about a 17-inch iMac from the fall of 2006. <laughs> Half a gigabyte yeah. of RAM. Yeah, I know. Hard to I believe. know. Absolutely won't work with Lion. So get ready for your memory upgrades if you can do it. And of course, you know, if it's not the MacBook Air, it can be done. If you have, of course, the older Mac Mini, you have to get the putty knives out or go That's to your right. dealer. Good opportunity to get advertising from a sponsor who sells <laughs> memory upgrades <laughs> or putty knives. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can get that over from iFixit.com. They sell tools and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the memory we're going to need, 2 gigabytes is minimum. 4 gigabytes is probably what everybody wants to get. Mm -hmm. Now, what other things should you check before you upgrade to Lion? It's not just having the right hardware. It's not just checking your software. What else? Well, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, it's not just Rosetta that is going to cause problems for people. I mean, even... Uh, applications that have already been uh, working just fine under Intel might need to be updated for Lion compatibility. And so one of the things I really stress in the book is for all of your software, check for software updates before you install Lion. And uh, most of the time, if you already have a fairly recent version, it'll be a free update, uh, but you'll have a lot less pain if you upgrade your third-party software before installing Lion than if you install Lion and then just, you know, run your apps and then you're going to have these these moments of, oh, whoops, uh, that doesn't work and now I'm in trouble. So, um, uh, and obviously, you know, as we've talked about a million times, backups, 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 be sure to make a bootable duplicate, a clone of your entire disk before you upgrade, super, super, super important. I'm also, you know, recommending that people at least consider if you don't have a Mac laptop, if you have some, you know, some sort of desktop computer and you don't already have a magic mouse or a magic trackpad, uh, consider getting one. It's not mandatory. You can still run Lion just fine with 
any old mouse or trackball or whatever. But there are a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of new features and a lot of eye candy and stuff that really makes use of the multi-touch uh, features in, you know, a, in a, in a, especially in a trackpad, but also in a magic mouse. Um, if you haven't tried one yet, uh, this is a good opportunity to, to try one. You may find that you really like it. And uh, it will let you access, you know, use all these new gestures that weren't available before, um, and do some really cool things. Uh, so, as I say, you know, optional, but but a good idea to look into. Another thing too about the upgrades of software. Now, Apple is touting certain features like automatic saving, versioning, where you can go back to a previous version of a document. A lot of these features depend on developers adding the hooks. In their right. software, upgrading them to be lion savvy. So you're going to have this strange dichotomy where some of the stuff you run runs perfectly under lion. Some of it is missing a few features. Got to be confusing. It is. Uh, and especially if you if you say, okay, I love I love the auto save thing, so I'm just not going to bother saving anymore, uh, and that that's fine. You don't have to as long as you're using one of those applications. But it might not always be obvious whether you're using an application that has that feature or not. Um, so that's something to really check and 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 be conscious of. Uh, if you you know if you're using Microsoft Word, for example. Uh, I mean, it has its own autosave feature, which you can either turn on or not, but it doesn't use this new Lion thing, so, uh, or at least, uh, you know, not yet. So definitely look for upgrades, and before you start relying too heavily on these new features, uh, you're absolutely right. Make sure the developers have added them. I guess Apple is going to get a lot of support calls, not the developers and not these companies with the software, because if a feature doesn't work in the operating system, well, Apple produced the operating system. They're going to have to right. answer those questions. I also expect with Lion, you're going to start seeing over the next few weeks loads and loads of support documents that say, this is why this doesn't work. Right, right. Always that's, that's with a new operating usual. system release. The other question I guess I'd ask before we even move on with this is maybe wait. Wait for the inevitable 10.7.1 or thereabouts before you jump in with both feet. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with waiting, certainly. And uh, the longer you wait, the more third-party uh, software will be updated. Um, as you say, there there will inevitably be a 10.7.1 and 2 and 3 and so forth. Uh, so there are bound to be some early bugs that it wouldn't be a bad idea to, um, you know, let, let them get worked out. And, you know, just let, let the early adopters... Uh, see what they experience you know there there will be reports of you know nobody ever thought to test this but whoops and so wait for uh, crazy people like me and joe kissel you're right. listening to the tech night owl live ray perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the gulf war lives tortured by relentless perplexing nightmares nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now 
read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Spring and summer bring out the best of nature, but blooming flowers, grass, and weeds emit pollen everywhere. Spring cleaning, molds, funguses, and pollens can cause severe allergic reactions. It's time to fight back. Get a blast of nature's most powerful natural remedy with Oregano P73, the most powerful oil of oregano available anywhere. Oregano P73 is an extract of hand-picked wild oregano grown in mineral-rich soils found only in the mountains of the Mediterranean. Experience this powerful and effective spice you can't find anywhere else. It is so effective. Even the ancient Greeks used oregano for their health. And it's not just a mere spice. Oregano P73 is also available as gel caps and as a sea salt-based nasal spray. Use oregano P73 and stay healthy all summer long. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Joe Kissel joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. He has a new book out called Take Control of Upgrading to Lion. And, of course, July is Lion Month over at Apple with the new operating system 10.7 for $29.99. Now, 
other than people who are going to not want to upgrade RAM, pay for extra RAM, pay for software updates, etc., anyone else out there, don't worry about Lion, avoid it. What do you think? Well, uh, obviously, I mean, you just mentioned this in passing, but you're going to need a, a nice, uh, hearty internet connection. So it's Lion's almost a four gigabyte download. People with dial-up, sorry, you're just not going to be able to download it unless you know take your Mac to some place that has uh, an internet connection that that's that's quite fast. So uh, a good a good internet connection is obviously a prerequisite in order to uh, run the Mac App Store to download it. You'll have to have Snow Leopard running already. So if your Mac is not already running Snow Leopard, then you have to deal with that. There are changes in Lion as there are changes in every version of Mac OS X. And it, it's, I mean, it's nothing different, but always there are people who love them and there are people who hate them. And I've already, you know, even before the Lion release, I've read so many reports about certain people saying, oh, I love the launcher. I love, you know, mission control. I love this, that, and the other thing. And then other people saying, oh, it's the worst thing ever. Look at the icons. Look at, anyway. I mean, it's it's a matter of taste. Apple obviously is is going in the direction of making Mac OS X look and act a lot more like iOS. For people who just love their iPad and iPhone and iPod Touch, that's probably a great thing. Uh, for people who are just used to the old way and they like it the way it was and it was wasn't broken, so don't fix it. You know, they 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 might find that Lion is less comfortable to use than Snow Leopard was. So, if you are the type of person who gets really attached to a certain type of interface or a certain way of doing things, you might want to just hold Lion more to arm's length. See if you can use it for a while in an Apple store or you have a friend or somebody else that you can you can just play with it a little bit before committing yourself because it, it does do a lot of things differently uh, and you might love them or you might really not. Now, is it possible here, and I hope it is and we'll explain to our listeners, to turn off some of those features so you don't need them. Uh, some of them, sure. I mean, if you don't want to use, you know, just as as always, if you don't want to use Time Machine, you don't have to. You just leave it off. If you don't want to use, just like you know, previously in, in Snow Leopard, if you didn't want to use Dashboard and Spaces and those sorts of things, you don't have to. You don't have to use Mission Control. Um, and if you like the old way of scrolling, then you can go in and change a preference. And, you know, because the scrolling direction is reversed by default in Lion, again, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, most of most of the new features, if they really bug you, you can go in and change them. Uh, there are some features, though, that, as far as I know, and of course it's early, so we don't we don't have all the information, and there could always be some third party utility that comes out that changes things. But so far, I have not heard of any way of resolving certain things, such as all the icons in the Finder sidebar being gray. They used to be in color. Now they're gray. Well, it's, it, that's, it, that makes it harder to find what you're looking for because you can't use color cues. Of course, that's um, inspired by iTunes. Yeah, which okay. you know itself was uh, I, a lot of people think uh, a bad decision. The Apple, you know, should have kept the color everywhere. Now we um, understand this gets stuff. to be a difficult situation for some people. Maybe the features aren't what you want, and you can't change everything, or maybe just give up online. The question, I guess, would be the ultimate question to answer: Is do you need a lion? Do we? So uh, there, there's actually a lot of disagreement about that. There are some people who are very vocally saying, you know, Lion, I mean, what, what's really new or important? Who cares about it? 
Uh, it, it's it's mostly just behind the scenes things that I'll never notice or interface changes that don't matter. And there are other people who are saying, oh, no, no, it's really, really good. And it all it, again, it just depends on what your priorities are and what you need. So I'll say one thing. Apple has put a lot of effort into security. So Lion is a much more secure system than Snow Leopard was. It is harder to hack. It is harder to break things. It is harder to, uh, you know, to break into a Lion system. Uh, and that is especially true if you use the new version of File Vault, uh, which is totally different from the old File Vault, which I never recommended using. So if security is one of your top concerns, um, then you will find Lion to be much, much better than Snow Leopard. And that would be an example of a really good reason to upgrade and to upgrade soon. Um, there are um, a, lot of, a lot of little improvements here and there that certain types of users will appreciate. Uh, people who you know, connect to exchange accounts uh, for you know, email and calendars and stuff will find that all that works a lot better in Lion, uh, and it supports some things that, that Snow Leopard didn't. Um, there are, you know, the, the changes to the calendar, you know, the iCal and the, the contacts app address book and, and mail. Uh, again, some of them are things that uh, a lot of people will like and some of them won't, but a lot of people will really find that they make uh, doing, you know, getting their work done a lot easier and a lot smoother. Uh, and uh, there will there will be more things as time goes on. You know, new versions of, of software that you use a lot that will only run in Lion. Um, now, uh, Apple has this web page. You can go to their site and see it. That has hundreds of new features in Lion listed, and uh, frankly, a lot of those are kind of meh. All right, you know, that's fine, whatever. Um, and then there there are some like really these these great little gems that. Um, you might not even realize you need it, but all of a sudden, now that it's there, it's like, oh, cool. So, like, one of those little things is in preview, which, I mean, preview, you know, you use it to look at PDFs and whatever. But now it has this thing where if if you need it, need to sign a document and, you know, email it to somebody, for example, with your signature on it, you don't need a scanner to scan the document with your signature on it anymore. You just sign a blank piece of paper and hold it up to your eyesight camera, your FaceTime camera built into your Mac. This is cool and, now. I mean, really, look at this now. You yeah. sign the document, you turn it around facing the eyesight camera on your Mac. You, you, you don't even have to have the actual document itself. You just take like a blank piece of paper. Right, exactly. Your signature because it, it makes a file of that signature. Right, and then you can superimpose an image of your signature on any PDF, on any you know anything that you can get into uh, preview, and then you have like the quote unquote signed version that you can email or fax or whatever. So. That is a that is a really cool thing, and uh, it's not that there aren't other ways to do that, but this new version of Preview makes it particularly cool and simple in ways that it never you know it, you can never do before, and that's something you can only get in the Lion version of Preview. So I, I just use that as an example that there are lots of you know quote unquote little things that I think could add up. To somebody saying, "Wow, now that I've you know gotten used to this, I really don't ever want to go back to not having all these little things." So it's the little things that count, and you have to look at the features. Now, Apple has on their website a listing of all 
250 plus features. And of course, some of those features are debatable because they take out something and it's just like a little extra checkbox or capability and they make it a feature. It's kind of like doublespeak because with Snow Leopard, there weren't any new features. So Apple called them enhancements. But this time you can't call them enhancements. You have to call them features because that's market speak. Yeah, I mean, there there is certainly a, a, a certain amount of marketing spin going on in this. Uh, some of the features aren't really new, and some of the features are arguably not even really features. And I should also say, though, that not everything that's new is listed on that page. Apple is famous for making changes that they don't bother to document, um, good, bad, and otherwise. But Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Now you just said something which I want to ask you about in our next segment, <laughs> which is, what is there about Lion? That amongst all the stuff that Apple's posts about Lion, there's a lot of information online. And then we have a lot of developers who don't follow their confidentiality agreements with Apple who have posted stuff. So we're learning lots of things about Lion all the time, but maybe Apple hasn't documented a few. We'll get into that in a moment. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Devin Think is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devin Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off all there at devintechnologies.com. That's devintechnologies.com. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800 880 Call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Henser for HardcoreChristianity.com the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, 
mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. Visit HardcoreChristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Visit our website, link to our new internet radio, broadcasting 24-7 all of Michael's teachings, and going live for seminars and deliverance services. Check our schedules. HardcoreChristianity.com Local Army Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military-issue supplies. They're right here online at MainMilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits, magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches, first aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bale, and a huge molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. We're back with our final segment of our visit with Joe Kissel, who's written lots of those Take Control e-books for TakeControlBooks.com. That's, of course, Tanya and Adam Inkst. And his current book is called Take Control of Upgrading to Lions. This is, is Lion Month, the new operating system coming out. So based on what you've discovered so far, and this is something that will be fleshed out, what do we know about Lion that Apple hasn't told us? I mean, they haven't said... Well, Rosetta is not there. Right, yeah. They, they haven't actually bothered to say anything about Rosetta, and that's not the only thing they haven't bothered to say anything about. The same is actually true, well, not exactly the same. Something similar is true of Java. I mean, in lots of applications rely on Java. Very popular, common applications, even Crash Plan relies on Java. There is this big news story several months ago about, you know, Apple decided that they're not going to include it in Mac OS X anymore. It's not that it won't work anymore. It's just that in, in, at some future date, you're going to have to download it from Oracle, and Oracle is going to take over, you know, the maintenance and development of Java for Mac OS X. So it's ultimately not a big deal, and if you need to run Java in Lion, then you can download it super easily, and everything will just continue to work. Now, but I suspect more or less what's going to happen is that when you run the Java app, You'll get a prompt saying, you need Java, here it is. Right. That's, that's what Apple has typically done in the past. Same thing with Flash. You know, there was obviously, you know, Apple and Adobe have had a long-standing uh, disagreement about Flash. And so Apple has said that they haven't made a big deal out of it, but, you know, Flash is not going to be automatically included in line if you want to use Flash. You can, but you're going to have to go download it from Adobe yourself. And Apple has sort of said, well, this is a this is a security thing because now bug fixes and stuff can come direct from the developer. They don't have to go through us first and delay getting security fixes out and stuff like that. Things like this aren't ultimately a huge deal, but they will 
affect some people. Oh, another one of those little missing things that Apple has really not gone to any effort at all to mention is front row. So if you use, you know, you have like a Mac mini hooked up to your TV to use as a media center, a lot of people still use front row, which is the you know, Apple's media center app that you can, you know, view your photos and videos and stuff with a little Apple remote. So that's gone now in Lion. Now, now there are plenty of other apps that you can download that do similar things. There's Boxy and Plex and, and stuff like that. But you just have to be aware there are a bunch of little things like this that, uh, oh, I didn't realize that. You may have a series of moments like that where some little thing that you didn't realize how much you depended on is now gone and you're going to have to look for another way to do it. Okay, those are gotcha moments. Anything positive that we don't know about? Oh, there there are tons of positive things. The the folks that I work with, all the other you know, take control and MacWorld authors, we've been trading observations and little you know new discoveries uh, all throughout the the line development process. And there are so many cool little things that again, it's not like Apple said, "Hey, brilliant new feature on a web page someplace." But as as you're using it, you realize, oh. That's interesting. If you're on an iPad or an I, uh, iPhone, iOS, whatever, and you're, you're typing along and you want to type an accented character uh, for, you know, French or German or some other language, uh, and you don't remember, oh, it's option shift something or other. I don't know what this accent is, this, this uh, diacritical character. And on an iOS device, you just hold down like, you know, letter E, and then this little thing pops up with all the different accented versions. So that's a really neat easy way to get an accented character into you know any application on any app on your iOS device so you hold the key like the e the letter e yeah, lowercase e right. has you know six it. or eight different optional accents to put on there if you're in a text document and i hope this will be supported with most of the applications you use you hold down the letter e you see a little tiny pop up yeah. and you just click on the one that you need I guess you can arrow to it also, and yeah. that way you get the accented character. You don't have to remember the option E and the command shift, whatchamacallit. Right. So there, I guess you know there are just quite a few things like that that I have noticed that, again, there are little things, but they show a lot of attention to detail and a lot of polish. And uh, I think they're the sorts of things that people will very quickly become used to without even realizing it, and they would miss them if they weren't there. Now, in our last few minutes, let's just look at a few installation details here. We know we've got to back up everything before we do a major installation. You know how to back up? You know, get your backup. Okay, we know we have to look into the possible incompatibilities of certain software because of the lack of Rosetta and other compatibility issues. You want to check your memory. Upgrade the memory on your Mac if you can. Anything else we should look out for to prepare for this installation? Because as simple as it may seem, you know, one-click install, quick download if you have a fast Internet connection to get a nearly four-gigabyte file. All this stuff, what do you look out for? Well, you know, I think you hit all the highlights. Uh, you know, the disk space, of course, RAM, version of Snow Leopard, uh, good internet connection. If you have a good internet connection, if you have a you know good backup, uh, if you've already upgraded your software, you know, your, your third-party software, especially before installing Lion, uh, 
you're, you're likely to have a really smooth experience. Actually, it's it's likely to 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 go very very well. Um, obviously, there's always a chance that something will go wrong, and I've got you know troubleshooting instructions in my book. But uh, I, I have to say, to Apple's credit, they every time they up you know they have a new big cat, the installer gets easier and easier to use. Uh, the Lion installer is no exception. It's going to be way easier to use than the Snow Leopard was, which was easier than the Leopard installer. But you also have to sort of, you know, adopt the new mindset. You're not going to not going to get to choose different installation methods, the erase and install and the archive and install, just like you couldn't with Snow Leopard. And you're not going to get to choose all these different customization options. It's just going to be what it is. So there, there are a lot of people who I think are going to say, but, but, but wait a minute, I don't have a DVD to reboot from. What do I do? And, but wait a minute, I can't deselect my, my you know, foreign language translations and, and localizations and all these kind of things and extra fonts and extra printer drivers. What do I do? And you just kind of, kind of you know, get yourself in a little zen state and breathe and say, it's, it's okay, it's going to work. And it's also, there. because hard drives have gotten so big anyway, even if you save a few hundred megabytes of storage to get rid of those extra files, does it really matter anymore? Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, Unless I have a MacBook Air with 64 gigabytes right, yes, of storage, exactly. you know. Yeah, I mean, there, there are always going to be people who are constrained in storage and can't do anything about it. But uh, uh, certainly if, if, if you, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't, for most people, you shouldn't sweat a, a couple hundred megabytes. Don't worry about it. Apple wants to make it simple, I guess, also by giving you fewer opportunities for mischief, the installations will be more consistent. Right. It makes support more consistent. But then if you have only one installation option, can you do a clean install other than erasing your drive and starting from scratch? No, that's what you got to do. You have to, you have to start up from another volume, uh, such as your bootable duplicate, and erase your hard drive and, uh, and install from scratch. That's, it, there's no longer an erase and install option. There wasn't in Snow Leopard either, but, uh, but in Lion, uh, if, you, if you want to do a clean install, you can, but it requires some extra manual steps. Okay, there's also a recovery mode, which is you restart, yes. hold down the option key, and you will see another disk on your hard drive, which is another partition, a secret partition on your startup drive, and you can start... From Lion there, reinstall Lion, do disk repair, stuff like that. That is true. Uh, and, and just to allay any fears or worries uh, listeners have, this, this special partition that the Lion installer uh, puts on your disk is not huge. It's less than a gigabyte. It's, it's about 650 megabytes. So it's not like you're, you're going to be giving up tons and tons of disk space. But what you have is this great tool that now if you need to do disk repairs or whatever, you don't have to go dig out a DVD or, or you know an external hard drive. You just... Uh, hold on a, a, a key combination at startup, and you can get into this recovery mode. So it's uh, really handy. So Apple is thinking, sweating the details, and making it possible, I guess, for most people not to have a DVD copy because at least right. theoretically for now it won't be available. Maybe Apple will change that later because people will say, I don't have broadband. I'm part of the 25% in the U.S. We don't have broadband. We'll have to see. Tell us about Take Control of Upgrading to Lion so that people will want to buy this book now. So uh, 
this this book we released version 1.0 a couple of weeks ago and version 1.0 tells you everything you need to know to get ready for the upgrade all the upgrading your applications and make sure you have making sure you have enough ram and and you know internet connection and backups and all that kind of stuff getting you ready for the upgrade and we have to speed this along of course there'll be a 1.1 free upgrade so that after Lions out for a little bit, you can sweat the details and give them a lot more information. This is a takecontrolbooks.com. Where do we find more of your stuff, Joe Kissel, other than Take Control? Uh, well, you can go to joekissel.com or you can follow me at uh, twitter.com slash joekissel. Okay, joekissel.com, twitter.com slash joekissel. Joe, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Lance Ulanoff. He has up to now been the editor-in-chief at PCMag.com. But Lance, you're going to be moving to other pastures, hopefully greener ones. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I've actually been associated with this brand for close to two decades. You know, I was here in the early 90s as a print editor. Uh, then left for like four years to do purely online stuff. And when I came back, I was an online guy who relaunched PCMag.com with a great, a really, truly fantastic team. And so it's been, you know, more than 10 solid years back uh, doing a lot of great work, building, rebuilding, tearing down, building up. Obviously, you know, doing this uh, for more than 10 years, uh, I, I helped not only relaunch PCMag.com, but we launched a bunch of other sites. The company's been through a lot, uh, but in the last 12 months, it's really, it's been a great environment because new ownership, uh, tremendous leadership from people like uh, CEO Vivek Shah and the Cash Infusion, so hired a lot of people, and, and PCMag just itself just celebrated its biggest traffic month ever. So I feel really good about where they're at and I feel excited about whatever I'll do next. And I know this is the right time for me to build something and work on something new. So, uh, yeah, that's, what's going to happen. I'm going to, um, I'm going to be doing new things. I mean, I may be a little quiet for a little while. Um, and that'll really be, uh, you know, me just sort of examining, examining all the possibilities decompressing 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do that so, sometimes where you have a chance to change your pastures, hopefully, as you say, to better ones, different opportunities. You sit back, you relax, you take a little time to kind of get to know the family again. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a good time to do that. Um, I've never done it before, uh, but, um, you know, I won't, I won't stop tweeting. I won't, you know, disappear in that I'll, I'll probably still post things here and there just to sort of, just because I, I can't help it. But I will, um, you know, certainly be a little less visible and a little quieter than I've been just to, to really recharge, uh, travel with my family. And then, uh, and then I'll look, I will come roaring back. Uh, I can guarantee that. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, PC Magazine, fantastic hands. Our new editor-in-chief here, Dan Costa, somebody I hired uh, five years ago. I've known for a long time. He's uh, talented, uh, energetic, understands this place deeply, and uh, they're going to do just fine. And very likely he'll come on the show very soon. That is a possibility. We'll be happy to talk to him. Let's look at some of the stuff you've been writing about at PCMag.com. Of course, we have this week kind of a sad event, the last space shuttle. And you yeah. have to look, what has happened to our technology as a result of the space program? And now we're kind of cutting back. And there's a lot of controversy about that. But how do you feel about all of it? You know, I'm, I'm of course, sad. I, I, you know, I remember the start of this program 30 years ago. Uh, you know, I remember the first time they took a space shuttle and flew it around on the back of a 747. Uh, I remember the first launches. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually old enough to have witnessed the first man on the moon. You know, I watched that on television. And uh, I always imagined that we would go from wherever we built a space station in space, which we have much further in space. And I, you know, man may, you know, vehicles that can carry man seemed important. Uh, this is the, this is the one thing we have, uh, the space shuttle and to see it stop, to see it shuttered in this way is difficult. You know, I was very lucky last year. I went to um, a NASA tweet up for uh, the penultimate uh, Atlantis launch uh, that was in May of last year, and it was the most thrilling thing ever. It was just amazing, and uh, it's just hard to to imagine that you know I don't you know it's going to be a few years before we see anything like that. We really don't have a clear picture of exactly what NASA will be doing and where they'll you know how they'll be funded. And we know there's going to be a lot of private investment, you know, private privatization of the building of a lot of these things. Now, in the science fiction movies, Lance, we always saw the private scientist building the spaceship. (laughs) Going back to the days of Flash Gordon, it was Dr. Zarkov. Of course, Mm -hmm. in our lifetime, the government did it all. And we have, of course, several companies out there, including one run by the founder of PayPal. It's building spaceships. Can they do it? Can they replace the government, NASA? You know, I don't know because I've yet to, you know, you talk about the science fiction and that's just what it's been, fiction. Have we ever seen a private company successfully launch a man into space, into orbit, to the moon? Not really. And, you know, I'm trying to have faith. You know, this is the way, this is the path. But it's difficult. You know, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I can't point to all of the the innovations that 
NASA and space flight and traveling to the moon have, have delivered to us. But I have to believe that there are many. Um, and I think the inspiration that, that, that NASA has delivered is critical. Uh, we were talking recently about whether or not if social networking had existed in the 80s and 90s, would the space program, would the space shuttle have been saved or radically altered to be saved? Uh, because we seem much more focused on it now than we were, you know, there was a period of time in the 80s when they were launching, and sometimes people didn't even know it was happening until the, the disaster. And then people paid attention again, which was horrible, as opposed to now we kind of collectively group around the wonder of every launch. It's so exciting. And you kind of wonder here also whether the, one of the problems with NASA has always been the politicians never really got behind the space program. And we're not talking about liberals, conservatives, Democrats, Republicans, presidents, people in Congress. You know, back in the 60s, we had the vision from John Kennedy, we will land on the moon before 1970, in large part probably because we wanted to beat the Russians at it. But where's yes. the vision for the space program since then? I don't see it. Now, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. The, the, the last truly visionary speech about the future of space came from our previous president, uh, Bush. And it was shocking to me because I didn't realize he was interested in space. Uh, Obama has given some speeches about it. He's much more focused on innovation that's here on earth and that's important too uh but yeah it's the tangible benefits are difficult for um, politicians to explain to their constituents and i have to you know i understand that right now it's difficult to justify this I mean, it's people are struggling uh the economy is not where it needs to be this isn't this is considered a nice to have but sometimes it's good to step back and think about, well, why would we want to travel to space? What, is, what exactly would it provide to us? Well, how about the potential of living elsewhere when we've used up all the resources of this planet? And that is a possibility. So, you know, taking the long view, to me, there's always value in the space program. Well, we have to see whether the aliens come here first and influence us. <laughs> uh, who says they aren't already here, right? Well, that's, of course, one of the arguments we mentioned on our other radio show, The Paracast, where we talk about the possibility that we are being visited by E.T., that E.T. is here <laughs> right now. And then, of course, there's that crazy story, and we're not going to get into that because it gets into areas that are beyond the realm of technology and personal technology, and that is that the... Astronauts were warned off the moon by someone or something over there. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the theme of uh, the new Transformers movie. <laughs> exactly. And there's also, I think, a movie coming out called Apollo 18, which says the same thing. But it's part and parcel of the mythos in the paranormal discussions. And we don't I, know if it's true or not. But that, that's why we're not going back to the moon. If you see what... President Obama's vision for space exploration far into the future when he's long gone as president. We're going to an asteroid first, not to the moon again. Anyway, right we, have Lance, we have Lance Ulanoff joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Devon Think is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devon Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off all there at devontechnologies.com. That's devontechnologies.com. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Are you tired of spending money for metal canning lids year after year? Then stop. Stop buying metal lids and get Tatler reusable canning lids. Made of USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, Tatler canning lids let you safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways that contain BPA. But Tatler canning lids are indefinitely reusable and guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning and contain no BPA. Tatler lids are dishwasher safe, perfect for standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders by phone at 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's 1-877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com. Tatler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroitin 60 caps, summer sale priced at only $12. Colon and Answer 250 caps, summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We're back with Lance Ulanoff, who is leaving his position as editor-in-chief of PCMag.com, which means, of course, that he is looking to a new future. Maybe he will fly into space. <laughs> Would you like to fly into so. space seriously? You know, I love, I love space flight, but I'm... I'm I'm also you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat you know and so I don't know if I want to you know I the fact that astronauts can sit on top of you know this this rocket this this massive lit candle you know and and fly into space it's such a tremendous risk every single time but I you know grew up reading science fiction and I always thought it'd be exciting to explore other realms I don't know if I'd have the guts to to do it even if I were offered the opportunity now but. Um, I believe in man in space, especially when we can overcome things like, you know, how we can handle the bone and muscle loss that occurs from being in space for a lengthy period of time. And isn't that partly, of course, the fact that we don't have some kind of artificial gravity mechanism? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Our bodies, all, you know, they, so they do all sorts of stuff. You know, there's a specified time. Every astronaut, every day, time where nothing, they have to exercise, they have to do these routines because it's the only way to try and counter it to a certain extent, but it's not fully effective. You know, someday, you know, you always see those science fiction movies where they show, you know, they've figured out a way to create gravitational pull. It's usually through some sort of gyroscopic measure, but, you know, who knows how realistic that is. We never really understand how they do it on the Enterprise. It's just yeah. there. But it's the 23rd it's just, century. We have to assume right. that it's magic. You know, of course, therefore, the people on the next generation, the cast of the next generation, were running around with little iPads. You see, they kept those iPads from the 21st century, took them to the 23rd century. That's true. iPads will survive, outlive us all. <laughs> Probably not much else. But that's another theory. Let's move into other subjects. The space program is kind of depressing because of the end, but I should point out that we're going to be setting up links at technightowl.com and theparacast.com, our major websites, petitions linking to the most popular petitions to send the message to the government, to NASA. We've got to reinvigorate the space program. And even though, of course, you know, there's all these efforts to cut back on expenses, this kind of investment is an investment in humanity and we've got to make it stick. Moving to other subjects, let's go completely around to a place where you'll actually see science fiction sometimes, and that is Netflix. Now, I don't understand what Netflix is doing here. Netflix had this great little package where you get one, two, three, or as many as eight DVDs at a time, plus streaming for a fixed price. Now, they've separated the streaming from the DVDs which means, in effect, if you want both, you're paying a lot more money. What is Netflix thinking? Oh, what is Netflix thinking? Netflix is thinking about survival. You know, it's odd because I wrote a column the, the day before this announcement. I had seen a story 
I think it was in CNN Money that was just talking about Netflix's struggles to get um, to gain access to good content libraries. And I had also attended the D9 conference, which is uh, Wall Street Journal, Walt Mossberg's uh, conference that he runs every year with a lot of heavy hitters. And Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, spoke there and said some interesting stuff about, you know, that the what's the long-term viability of the DVD business. That's obviously going to sort of sunset and it'll all be about streaming. But Netflix faces a very big problem here. They... The way their streaming service was always set up is that it's mostly the stuff that's been out for a while. It's archival, it's old TV shows, it's movies that were out last year. If you want to see the latest movies, the movies that just left the theaters and are just hitting DVDs, you have to use their DVD service. Problem is that people start to fall in love with this idea of streaming content. And uh, so Netflix did what they could to enhance it. They made a deal with Sony um, to get access, gain access to stars, which gave them some access to new films. But the problem is that Netflix's streaming business became so popular so fast that the contract they had that said how many people they could have viewing the stars stuff, well, they blew right by it. So Sony wanted to renegotiate for a lot more money. There was, I guess, star, uh, Netflix balked. Stars was pulled. So suddenly, Netflix's library on the streaming side doesn't look as good. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that, guess what? It's really simple to watch other services. If you buy a television set, if you buy a Blu-ray player, uh, they come with Sony's Curiosity, Amazon, Hulu. If you buy an Apple TV box, you've got Netflix, you've got Apple TV, you've got everything you need. And by the way, these services offer movie rentals. The movie rentals, which are more expensive on a per one per basis, but they offer the latest movies. People are getting used to not going out and renting DVDs. Blockbuster, when it's Chapter 11, most many Blockbuster stores have closed. Why people sit at home? They use even their cable service. They rent a movie. What does Netflix have that they don't? Netflix is trying to figure out how to pump up its bottom line and get the money it needs to pay for access to these content streams. I am concerned they're not going to win because they face competitors like Google, like Apple, like Amazon, who have extremely deep pockets and can pay the money. And guess what? Netflix doesn't have pockets that are quite that deep. So, you know, one of my problems with Netflix, let me just interrupt here, is that the streaming service is fine. But most of the movies are not that good or they're old. By the time right. you get a decent movie on there, it's a couple of years old. They're not getting current stuff. And now, even worse, Netflix has this deal with the movie companies, several of the movie companies, where there's a 28-day window from the time the DVD's released, the time it's released to pay cable and pay satellite. You have to wait another 28 days to get that movie from Netflix. Suddenly, if you want to see the movie today, you can't get it from Netflix. It's not being streamed. You have to wait 28 days to get the DVD. So what do you do? Well, you go to one of the services like Apple iTunes. I could use my Apple TV and get it. Or I can go to DirecTV, which is what I have. Of course, the major cable networks have the same thing. You have the pay-per-view. Yes, you have to pay 5 bucks or whatever to see the movie now. If you want to pay less, you have to wait. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, for, there's definitely a business behind people not wanting to wait. I mean, it's one, it's how Netflix built their business and they built a very big business based on delivering DVDs right to your house of the latest movies. Blockbuster was huge and Apple TV and Amazon and others have grown very quickly by offering these services, just like the cable companies offer the on-demand stuff. People do want to see movies right now. They don't want to wait. If Netflix can't solve this problem, if it can't gain access to these, these libraries, it's going to see its fortunes change very quickly. I'll tell you this, folks. I used to have a three DVD subscription with Netflix. When they went to this plan where the releases were delayed, I cut back on my investment in Netflix because I'd rather see the movie this weekend, not four weekends hence. And that's something that Netflix has to solve. I think they're in trouble. We'll get into more of that in other subjects soon. We have Lance Ulanoff on the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. Question. Can functional magnetic resonance imaging be used to read our minds? Author Jose Calazo answers yes in his two new books, America's New Slavery. For more than 13 years, author Jose Calazo has been trying to prove that the U.S. government has the capacity to read a person's thoughts with a revolutionary technology known as fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, and there is proof that it exists. America's New Slavery explores this technology and its many possible applications in national security. Who has access to it? How is it being used? Does America's salvation rest in this technology? These and many other questions are answered in America's New Slavery. The new books by Jose Calazo. 
Available on BN.com, Amazon.com, and Borders.com. America's new slavery. All Americans should be concerned. GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, boils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, and not diminished by freezing, extreme heat, or years in storage. Dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit. Dermatol's soothing, rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective it's guaranteed order yours today call 800-217-6677 800-217-6677 that's 800-217-6677 efficient economical effective spray it all with dermatol america's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade we are the gcn radio network What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. One more session with Lance Ulanoff, who is the retiring editor-in-chief at PCMag.com, but he's not retiring from the industry. He's strictly going to be moving on to other pastures. We were talking about Netflix and about the problems they face, especially the way their business plan is running now. And looking at the future here, what must Netflix do, do you think, to basically recover? Obviously, they're trying to recover the investment, but a lot of customers are going to leave, aren't they? Right. We did an anecdotal survey at PCMag asking what people would do now that Netflix has essentially doubled their costs. If you want to keep getting an unlimited number of DVDs delivered to your house one at a time, just one at a time, but still unlimited number, and the streaming service used to cost you $8, now it will cost you over $15. That's doubling the cost. 50% of the people who responded to our survey said they would leave. They would leave Netflix altogether. They were done. That is not good because what Netflix was hoping to do, and maybe they still will do it, is generate a lot more revenue. Say, look, you know, you people maybe just want DVDs, maybe you want streaming, maybe you want both, but you'll pay for them. And there's a lot of people love our service and they'll continue to do this. And they may be right that for a period of time, uh, some people will just say it's easier to keep paying and do this. But I think over time, I think a lot of people will leave. Well, the other thing is, of course, the streaming only service is being spread around the world, isn't it? Yes, they're moving into they moved into Brazil uh, or Latin America, I should say, uh, Canada, uh, the UK, and in some places, uh, you know, the penetration of streaming services is not as high, so they'll still make money on DVD delivery. So you know, they have some options, but long term, you know, when you look into the future, you say, well, eventually everyone will be streaming, physical media will be dead. Can Netflix survive in that environment? They can only survive in that environment if they offer a plan where you can see current movies. That's right. And that's the big problem. But, you know, Reed Hastings said that the key to survival here is paying out lots and lots of money. <laughs> so you better have that money. Well, I could see the other option here, which is basically the way Apple's doing it now, the way it's done basically by your cable or satellite provider, where you pay 
a fee per movie, maybe Netflix could do the same thing with streaming, not offer unlimited streaming, but offer premium streaming. You don't right. wait for the DVD. You could still subscribe for a given number of movies per month, perhaps, but it will be streamed instead of them shipping the physical media. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And uh, it would put them on comp- you know, even competitive footing with the other guys. Uh, but again, they... In order to do that, they still have to be able to sign up with their content partners. And the question is whether content partners still believe Netflix is a good bet. Right now, hopefully they do because they have so many customers, uh, more than Apple TV, more than Amazon on the video delivery side. But things can change rapidly in this, in this environment because there's no barrier to entry for, for example, Amazon. You buy a device that's already on there. So... Um, Netflix is on a slippery slope. Well, they have to make new deals, I guess, with the studios. I think, I'm sure the studios would sign a deal that would be comparable to what you have maybe at iTunes or Amazon, which is, okay, charge your customers a price every month for a fixed number of current movie streams. So you buy a pack. You buy a five-pack. You buy a 10-pack, whatever. Hollywood's getting their check. Netflix is guaranteed the customer base. I don't know. Yeah, could work. But taking that, the dilemma of TV delivery, we go back to, of course, Apple TV, which has Netflix too, of course. The question is, where is Apple going to go with their TV initiative? There's talk now of maybe Apple building their own high-definition TV. Don't we have enough of those? Well... You know, there's there's always room in the market for a new player. Um, I know, but this Bose is out of sight. You ever see this Bose? Yes, TV? I've seen the Bose. But I, in fact, I've I've experienced the sound from it. It's incredible, but it's also it's worth really, five thousand dollars. Yeah, really expensive, much fatter than your traditional HD TV because of the the way it integrates the speaker system. Um, I think it's a bit of a it's an oddity for the true audiophile. Apple will build if they build something. Uh, you know, they make displays right now. You know, you buy it if you buy an a Mac, right? You buy a, a traditional Mac. Uh, it's basically an all-in-one computer that looks like a TV, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's basically buying a twenty-seven-inch iMac is basically right. buying a twenty-seven-inch high-definition television that happens to have a computer inside. Right. It's, it's not out of the, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. And essentially, Apple you know, brings more than just the hardware. They bring an ecosystem, right? They bring something that, that some of the manufacturers cannot do as well. You know, they've got apps, they've got iTunes, they've got content, they've got your credit card. You know, they can pull it all together. Uh, you know, they've never built, a, you know, because basically in order to deliver an HDTV that people want, it better be 50 inches. Is Apple prepared to do that? Uh, can they, you know, I, I don't think they can make a big white one because I don't think that'll look good in anyone's house. So it's going to be black again. All TVs are black. There you go. So it's possible. But if Apple isn't beating the competitors on price, I don't know if they'll win. So it's it's. um. It's interesting because it's. Uh, I think it's it's a fascinating idea. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about it, but as usual, Apple says absolutely nothing. But you know, these days, certain competitors 
can easily sort of move into other competitor spaces without too much trouble. The question is whether or not they stay. And with Apple, they don't like to just jump into a market unless they have a whole business plan because they only enter a few areas. And even then, what they do is they keep the product line simple. So if Apple's going to have an Apple TV, it's going to be one or two configurations. It's got to offer something in interface and setup that turns it around. Maybe even have some kind of licensing agreement with the cable TV and satellite providers to give you that option. Just like, of course, mm-hmm. cable TV supposed to have those little cable carts. Yeah, well, that was, that was another failure. And good luck making any deal with any cable company. They're not interested. They don't uh, want more customers? They don't want to play by anyone else's rules. This is why cable cards failed. So, you know, if Apple does sell TVs into the market, they will still have to be an adjunct to uh, the services that cable companies offer. Meaning that if they try and shove a DVR in there and say, oh, we've got a tuner, we're ready to go, they will not get access to descrambled channels. They will not be able to do that. So it's, it's still, it, it'll be the same as any other set you get. It's just a question of the other things that Apple can do. And if you're watching most of your content from your cable or satellite provider, it's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter if Apple puts a pre-interface on the setup, has all the automatic stuff that's going on in there. And more and more TVs have these automatic sensors, such as this very expensive Sony TV set. I read a review of the other day where it senses the lightness level in the room. It senses whether the kids are coming close to the TV. You know, soon it's going to talk to you and say, I got a great show for you. Do you want to watch this? Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the world of television viewing for most consumers uh, these days has become sort of these walled gardens. Uh, you know, there's interfaces on the various devices like you talked about. You know, even when I switch to Apple TV, I'm suddenly in a completely different environment. It accesses different stuff and lets me watch movies, but it's completely cordoned off from the television viewing experience that I get on cable. And this is the way it is for each thing. So... The person who cracks that nut, who starts to bring it all together, that's when things get crazy. So, uh, Google, by the way, Google TV has tried to do that, but not really successfully. <laughs> I didn't expect they would. Honestly, didn't expect they're going to do it. Nobody else has done it. Someone's going to have to think of a new answer. But now you're looking for new answers yourself. Lance, you and off. You're going off to other pastures. And we know you'll stay in touch with us here at the Tech Night Out Live. You're still welcome to come on board, whether you have an affiliation or not, just to spend a half hour with us and talk about stuff. And if you don't have an editorial deadline, maybe you'll feel more freedom. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it's a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Uh, and I guarantee you'll be hearing more from me. Lance Ulanoff, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of 
the Rockaways is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Way protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Way is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Way comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988. 988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com That's OneWorld W-H-E-Y.com Local Army Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days but not military issue supplies they're right here online at MainMilitary.com That's right, just like the state M-A-I-N-E Military.com We have everything for true total preparedness MainMilitary.com is not a typical website It has much more than your old surplus store Quality military issue survival gear like canteens Mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters and chemical suits Magnesium fire starting tools Strike anywhere, waterproof and storm matches First aid kits, splints, tourniquets Parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bail, and a huge Molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com, the main name in military supply. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. From Macworld Magazine, Senior Editor Dan Moore, and so many topics to discuss. And, of course, with Joe Kissel earlier on in our episode, we were talking about preparing for Mac OS X Lion, that this is the issue that's going to be in the latter half 
of July for you to confront whether to update. And one of the subjects we discussed, and I'd like to get your slant on this, Dan, is Intuit. Now, Intuit, they had a guy on the board of directors of Apple, but they can't come out with Mac-compatible software worth a damn. What's wrong with them? <laughs> that's a that's a large reaching question there. I don't know. And, and they've, they've certainly been around the block a few times on the Mac. Um, and they've been, they've gone in a couple different directions. I think after they acquired, uh, they acquired Mint, right? The, the web finance site. And I think they had those guys working on a new version of Quicken, but it's, it's always lagged behind. It's, it's Windows counterpart. Now that we've got Rosetta disappearing in, in Lion coming out, it uh, puts a big pressure on, on Quicken users since they won't necessarily have access to all the same features that they, they had before or, you you know the the old the versions of the program that they want to use. It's a big challenge, and it's not as if it's a it should be a total shock, right? You know, Apple has not really been shy about transitioning through various platforms for the last you know ten years, going the processor switches, switches from you know a sixty eight k to PowerPC, PowerPC to Intel plus uh, OS nine, OS ten. Like they they're they're pretty content to keep things rolling along there pretty nicely. So. You know, I think I think it seemed like the writing was on the wall for Rosetta, and thus, you know, they should have had plenty of time to prepare. But but maybe they just don't don't think it's worth their time. Intuit, as I've said, is a multi-billion-dollar multinational corporation. They certainly can afford to hire a few Mac programmers to get their acts together. One would think so, <laughs> but uh, apparently, for whatever reason, they've decided that this is not a an avenue worth pursuing. Which is which is quite strange, right? Because you know, Apple is certainly at the height of their popularity right now. Uh, we have to look in the United States, according to the most recent surveys. Apple's the number three PC maker with something like ten, eleven percent of the market. It's growing much faster in the PC market overall. There are 54 million Mac users out there. Why insult them? And we have, of course, this rather feature-reduced product called Quicken Essentials. Right. They don't think that tracking stocks is essential. They don't think that having the ability to pay your bills with Quicken is essential. What were they thinking? I, I think that they're, you know... Certainly when they launched Essentials, I think their idea was, well, we're going to sort of take everything back to the drawing board and, you know, build something new from the ground up, which, you know, a lot of it's always extremely controversial, right? I mean, look no further than than Apple's decision with Final Cut Pro, um, which is to say things are going to fall by the wayside, especially in those earlier versions, right? Because you don't necessarily get the chance to build in every little feature you want in the first launch. But that said, I mean, it's been over a year uh, since they released Quicken Essentials, and I think you know some, you know most people would argue that they're uh, they still haven't caught up to where they were before releasing that product. And now you wonder that they just throw out Quicken Essentials as something they could toss together in the course of a few months, just to throw Mac users a bone. I think you know having a presence there at all is obviously something that's important for them, right? Because having nothing there would just, people would be puzzled. And, and they certainly, there was a long time there, I think, where they had uh, nothing going on and people were just kind of, well, <laughs> what's going on? How come you haven't updated your program in so long? Um, and so having a presence there, at least, you know, trying to reassure people that they have an interest in this market might have been a good first step if they'd also followed it up with a, and here's how we plan to roll out all these features, and here's how we plan to you know, bring us back to where we were before. But 
that doesn't seem to have happened. So I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it was just because Essentials didn't get such a good uh, review from most places or didn't really get a positive reaction. Maybe they decided to cut their losses somewhat or focus on, you know, web-based finance tracking instead. But it definitely seems like that the decision they made has not been to invest a lot more time and a lot more energy into developing their Mac product. As if it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's nobody's so hard to do. I mean, you, it's day, not right? as if anybody can't join Apple's developer program, give $99, get full access to the beta seeds and everything, and get with the program. And also, it's kind of crazy, too. It's kind of like a one-way street. You bring your data into Quick and Essentials, but you can't take that data and move it back to the old version or to the Windows version. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, I, there, there's a lot of challenges here, and I think that the the fact that they're not even, they seem to be less willing to engage with the community and, and deal with, you know, what people perceive as their shortcomings rather than, you know, insisting that they're doing the right thing unequivocally, that's that's tough. Uh, and so now we're going to hit this test, right, where we're going to have people uh, dealing with this upgrade to Lion and trying to decide, well, are they going to, are they going to hold on to using, you know, an old, you know, are they going to hold on to some old operating system just to use Quicken? Are they going to try to upgrade to the new product? Are they going to switch to another product entirely? Um, I think that's, these are all issues that, that, that a lot of users are going to have to deal with in the next, uh, you know, whenever Lion gets released here in the next month or two. Well, the other issue, of course, to consider is that there are other personal finance programs on the Mac platform. Are they compatible with Quicken? I mean, if I want to run Lion, but I can't because of this problem. So instead, I look for another product. Can I save my data? I don't know entirely. I mean, this is not my, my personal area expertise, and actually I'm really bad at tracking my finances. But, I mean, I think there are probably some products that offer a certain degree of, of data. But I think that, you know, no matter what you're shifting your data over to, you're going to have to, you know, do some do some munging there or get stuff to work well. It's not going to be totally smooth and seamless. Um, and, you know, for people who've been using Quicken for many years, that's going to be frustrating and, you know, they're going to feel burned and, you know, Quicken's unlikely to recover from that, right? So it's it's definitely challenging. And You know, I, I don't know uh, what the best alternative is out there, but it's a good question. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, though. They could say, well, we're not getting enough action on the Mac platform, and your response will be, duh, yeah, it's not that you're doing much to support it. Yeah, it's a chicken and egg problem, right? I mean, it's <laughs> you gotta you gotta give some to get some. And I think, you know, the they felt like maybe they could get away with not necessarily providing the same level of, of product that they provided on, on the Windows, but you know, I think and you know, in some ways it's sad to see then, you know, people talking about running bootcamp or parallels just to run the the Windows version of Quicken. Uh, because it's t- 2011 and there should be, you know, <laughs> a good finance manager for your Mac that you don't have to boot into another operating system for. Preposterous. And I wonder, of course, people will be concerned about the online version mint.com, whether that's going to be a full featured alternative. Of course, a lot of people now, they use their personal bank accounts to pay bills. Yeah. And that's a yeah. cloud based system. And a lot of, yeah, there's definitely a lot of web-based services. There's a lot of services offered by financial institutions. Um, you know, Mint is a, is a good alternative for people looking to, you know, combine 
their disparate, you know, accounts uh, and manage it from a central location. But I, I don't think it provides. I mean, I've never been a Quicken user myself, so uh, I can't speak to it entirely. But I don't think that I think you'd find most people saying that Mint doesn't offer quite the same level of, uh, you know, functionality that Quicken did. And plus, you know, online services always have their there are drawbacks, right? If you're offline, if you're, if you're somewhere and you need to look up something and you don't have an internet connection, which admittedly increasingly rare in this day and age, um, then, you know, it's not very handy for you. And you have to look also at security issues. You read every few days or a few weeks, this bank, that bank, customer information has been compromised. Yeah, yeah. Security is a, is a serious issue. Um, so there's something like... Yeah. It's hard to decide exactly where you want to share your personal information or how you want to maintain that. And a lot of people feel like, well, you know, if I've got all my stuff on my computer, then I can secure it the way I want. But if I'm dealing with a web-based service, well, you know, how much of my information is at, at, at risk? Hell, you have to wonder. The way it works there is that you don't know what to trust, whom to trust. <laughs> and, of course, that raises the same issue you have, for example, with Apple's iCloud. Can you trust them to have all your data, all the stuff that you're going to be putting up there? Because you have to consider Apple hasn't done very well with online services. I guess MobileMe works okay now. Yeah, well, <laughs> it does, but, of course, it's not, it's not long for this world. Um, and, you know, iCloud has plenty of questions uh, or <laughs> it's still a little ways off, but there's still plenty of questions in terms of the nuts and bolts. I mean, obviously, security is a really big part of this. And as we've seen with recent issues, like even just things like the term, the changes on the terms of service over a Dropbox and that whole foo for all over that, you know, people are very secure. They're much more security conscious, especially the the leading edge. You know, the, the, the early adopters tend to be very security conscious about these things. But We'll get into more of that in a moment. Dan Morin of Macworld Magazine with us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The final hour of the Tech Night Out Live with Dan Warren from Macworld Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're focusing, we've started with Mac OS X Lion, but the issue regarding applications that aren't Intel compatible for Intel processors. Using, of course, on Intel Macs, Rosetta, that's going away. 
Apple's not going to continue it. Apple wants you to move to the future. Of course, some software products, notably Quicken from Intuit, not going to work. We're talking about cloud-based alternatives, and we have to consider, is that a secure method? When we talk about cloud-based systems, we talk about also social networking, whether, for example, things like Facebook are safe. Now we have Google+. (laughs) And you have to wonder here, I guess Google has to consider the fact that Facebook has, what, 700 million users? <laughs> and they'd like to get a share. Yeah, yeah. They, well, you know, Facebook has, has clearly had a, a huge advantage in this department, and um, they've been undisputed pretty much in the social network area, right? Since MySpace has pretty much died off and got sold for a song a couple weeks ago. Speaking Friends, of songs, one of the purchasers, yeah, Justin, Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, right? Yeah. Who played, of course, uh, the investor in uh, in the in social network? The irony. Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand right. he's become a pretty decent actor. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he's a he's a talented guy. But the uh, you know clearly Google is seeing Facebook as a major player here, and they want to move into that territory, or at least not leave it. You know, just for Facebook to have totally uncontested. And so Google Plus we've got, which, you know, by a lot of people's accounts is, well, it's a lot like Facebook, only it's not Facebook. If anything, I will say that in the brief time I've been using the service, and honestly, I haven't been using it very much, but I'm, I'm certainly been on there and keeping an eye on things. Um, I'm not a Facebook user much myself. I have an account. I've had an account for years, but I don't post anything on there. I don't really log in at all. And so, you know, the question for me was, will Google Plus give me something that I didn't get from Facebook, you know, that I didn't see as as a compelling reason there and and so far i feel like not hugely i mean right now it's it's all about the novelty and everybody's joining up and and it's like you know they're going to have a good adoption curve because they're google right and the thing that google can do is it has a huge platform into which to build this so it can integrate it with all these things that people use all the time like the search engine picasa you know blogger these services that are extremely popular and by sort of packaging and bundling those together it gets to bring in a big part of its user base which is <laughs> not insignificant right i mean google is still one of the most you know powerful brands out there um but there there doesn't mean there aren't concerns they, i mean they're 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 trying to capitalize on the areas where facebook has failed right things like privacy privacy has been a huge issue for facebook in terms of it's confusing you know, people often have things set the way, like, you know, aren't sure that how to set things up so that they share what information. So Google's tried to be, make that very straightforward and very streamlined and saying, here's how you can, you know, decide exactly what information you want to share um, and set it up to share with certain groups of people or certain people or nobody or everybody or what. And so that's their 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 big opening, right, is to try and, you know, do well the things that Facebook does poorly. But the flip side of that is, of course, Google is, at its core, an advertising company. That's how they make their money. They don't make their money from search, right? <laughs> You're not paying 25 cents every time you enter something in that Google search box. But, but if you, you know. click on an ad, they pay 25 cents or usually $2.25 or something for that click. Right. But, you know, that's they make their money from, from advertising. So the question is going to be, at what point does that enter into Google Plus? Uh, and how does it enter in, right? Because they provide all this information. I mean, they, they the same thing Steve Jobs gave a knock against them in the WWC keynote a couple months ago, right, when he said that email shouldn't have ads. And, of course, you know, 
that's that's a big knock against Google because that's what they do. They they use all that information that goes through their servers and they look through it to try and figure out how to advertise things to you. So it seems like that's a great, you know, setting up something like Google Plus is a huge deal for them, right? Because that's all sorts of great information that they can farm out of their users and turn around into advertising. And as I said, you have to click on the ad, otherwise Google doesn't get their paycheck. Yeah. So the question is, how do they monetize? But even with Facebook, obviously it's monetized with ads and services like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's just a matter of, you know, the advertising game is a matter of clout and, you know, Google can get a lot of eyeballs. Um, And so, you know, having something like this under their control, you know, as opposed to Facebook, which is kind of walled off to a certain extent, you know, having this huge, you know, untapped area. Uh, which they can control exclusively too, right? Like they don't have to worry about other advertisers coming in there or taking their information. That's that's a big deal for them, and I think they really want in on that. Uh, whether it, it catches on, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been on it for a couple of weeks whenever the invites started going out, and I've definitely seen an impressive amount of people signing up. Um, but, you know, the Facebook certainly has a huge head start, right? They've got something like 750 million users. And, and, you know, early estimates are saying Google Plus has already acquired maybe 10 million or something. But, you know, they they got a long way to go to make up that difference. And will people want to leave Facebook if they've invested so much of their time in Facebook? Why do you want to go somewhere else unless it offers a compelling alternative? This is not the first time Google's tried some sort of no. social networking. They had something called Buzz that kind of fizzed. That was not a great. I mean, that, then the issue there were privacy again. Google Buzz is a classic example of, of engineering. Uh, you know, in terms of it was clearly one of those cases where you know the people designed this project thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could do all these things? And they built this whole software, and they're like, that's great. And you know, but they they never stopped to ask whether or not they because they could do something that they should do something. And so it ended up being really invasive for a lot of people or sharing information they didn't want shared or just become, it became this huge mess. Uh, and I think they, I, I definitely think they've learned that lesson with, with Google plus uh, as to what, what didn't work from buzz and what they can take away from that experience. But doesn't First that remind you though of Microsoft in a way Microsoft tries something and then it doesn't work so well. So they rebrand it. Well, yeah, so you have Windows Live Search and it becomes Bing. And I was saying the other day, you know, people are used to saying, I'll Google this. But you can't say, I'll Bing this. Although I've heard people say that, mostly ironically, but in a few occasions not. But I mean, you know, every, every, every technology company has done this. Apple, you know, iTools, .Mac, MobileMe, iCloud, you know, they've rebranded that service four times. So, you know, nobody's immune from that, certainly. And people definitely do things that don't work out. And I think as long as they're learning something from that, and I would argue that Apple service has gotten better as it's gone, gone along, um, and, and iCloud certainly looks poised to, to do better than MobileMe did, although MobileMe itself has developed into a fairly good product after its, after its growing pains. Um, but, you know, Google is, this is not their, even their second foray, right? They had Orkut several years ago, which was basically an attempt to capitalize on Friendster's popularity, but it never really caught on. Friend who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go way back. Um, so, you know, I think what Google is saying is like, look, we're not going to, we're not going to give this space to Facebook without, you know, a, a fight. We're going to keep trying until we find something that works. And Google Plus seems so far to be their most positive, most successful foray. But as you said, you know, how many social networks can a person maintain if you've got Facebook and Twitter and uh, you're going to want to do Google Plus as well? 
Um, are you going to want to move entirely to it? It seems unlikely, but, you know, something will topple Facebook. It's really just a matter of time um, in the same way that everything that goes up goes down again. Well, we haven't really toppled Microsoft. It's just that Microsoft has tried to do things other than operating systems and office software and servers and they haven't done too well. It's like with Bing, well, Bing is fine, except that it looks like most of their market share is coming from Yahoo, but, oh, well, Yahoo's using uh, Bing. I mean, and you can argue that they've, Microsoft's been toppled in so far as in many ways it seems like they're not as dominating as they once were. But, you know, obviously they're still a big company and they still have a lot of, a lot of clout, but, you know, it doesn't feel like it did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago in terms of their position in the market. I have kind of a whimsical article on the com. At com, the article is entitled The Definition of Insanity. And one definition of insanity, referring to Microsoft, is you keep trying to do the same thing over and over again, and you expect the results to change. Yes, that's a, that a classic definition. And, you know. <laughs> and we're not psychiatrists, Dan and I. I don't think Dan's a psychiatrist. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist. He's an unlicensed psychiatrist, exactly, like everybody exactly. else on the planet is. Dan Morin, though, works for Macworld Magazine, where he is not a psychiatrist. He's a senior editor. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm just a talk show host on the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. 
Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Energy, energy, and more energy. We all need it. Get the energy you need quick through the powers of wild forest extract. Wild Chagan Birch Bark are the secrets of the forest used exclusively by Russian athletes. Wild Chaga is the world's top source of superoxide dismutase, the critical enzyme that blocks the aging process. Chaga is good for your heart and even helps support healthy arteries. Wild Birch Extract is the top source of betulin, a natural sterile needed by every cell of the body. And healthy cells mean a healthy body and a more powerful you. No wonder it's known as a king of all herbs. Experience real energy and power like you've never dreamed possible. Take Chago Charge Tea with Wild Birch Bark every day and Chaga Max capsules to get the energy you need. You deserve it. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com We're back with Dan Boren of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Owl Live talking about Google+. Plus. Of course, now you have all the little links on your blogs and your forums, that little plus symbol. It doesn't say anything about Google. It's just a plus symbol. And I guess people have to realize that's the symbol for Google+. Plus. Well, and we I, have I, it at technightowl.com. We have it on our forums. All it is, it looks like almost like a folder with a plus one. And you click on it, I guess it's sending a like message to Google+. Plus. Yeah, I think it's sort of like, it's like a like on Facebook, right? That's a confusing sentence. But I think you, Google's trying to own that plus symbol in the same way that Twitter took over, you know, the at sign and the pound sign. And yeah, but at least with iconic. Twitter, it says tweet or something. With Facebook, it says like. Yeah. It tells you what it's about. It says, oh, it's got the Facebook symbol. It says like, oh, I know. If I click this, I'm saying I like it. But what does plus one mean? I think it just means, you know, it's like a thumbs up. It's like a, I'm going to, you know, it's kind I of a lingo that's I understand what it developed. means. I'm being, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very It's very abstract, though, right? You don't want that. You want something that's obvious. Well, and Google clearly hopes that they can, they can make that into something that's obvious. And you've got to start somewhere. 
but I yeah, is it going to be an easy thing to do? I I think they have their work cut out for them. And we have to wonder, will they cut out that work and go on to something else or what? The one thing that they've done with this that they have not done in their previous ventures as strongly is it's really become integrated into so much of the Google experience. I mean, if you go to the Google, like if you've got a Google account and you go to the main Google homepage, you know, there's that little in the top left corner, it's got a link to your profile. Um, you know, you've got your, that whole new toolbar at the top there. Um, and, you know, a lot of people got Google accounts, whether it's through G- from Gmail or for some other reason. Uh, and so, you know, by default, you sort of end up with a, a Google Plus, you know, it, you're linked into that service. Even if you don't have a full profile, people can search for you and, you know, invite you and things like that. And so they got a big user base to, to capitalize on. And I think that's it would be unwise to count them out because, you know, they certainly have a lot of influence and people you know, people people disagree about whether or not they like Google or trust Google or whatever. You know, we all use it to some degree, pretty much. Question being, will people give up Facebook or will Facebook's growth stagnate? But with over 700 million users, it's not going to be an easy nut to crack. We'll have to see whether it's going to be Google Plus or Google Pro or Google Extra or what will the next version be or will Plus be the one. Speaking of new things coming, Spotify. We heard about Spotify coming to America, kind of like an old movie with Eddie Murphy, coming to America, remember? And his father was played by James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Right, that's right. You know, okay, before he did Lion King and after he did Darth <laughs> Vader. Okay, what, pray tell, is Spotify? Well, by default, I don't think a lot of people will be like, well, Spotify, it's, it's a music streaming service, you know, and it, it seems like, well, okay, we've got a lot of music. We've got things like Rhapsody and Napster and RDO and Pandora and stuff. All these things are music streaming services. But the main attraction, and Spotify, so it's existed in Europe for a really long time, uh, and it's been extremely popular over there. Part of that popular started out that when they first launched, they had it, uh, it was a free, there was a free ad-supported option. And I think a lot of people really, you know, took advantage of that and it sort of, you know, took off um, because, you know, while something like Pandora is also free and ad supported, you know, Spotify is more like a Rhapsody or Napster where you actually can pick from the library and, oh, I want to listen to this song rather than Pandora, which gives you songs that are like the song that you pick. And, you know, I think that was extremely popular and they also had a couple other plans where you could pay extra money and get additional features such as access to their, their mobile app and things like that. Unfortunately, like last November, I think it was or so, they started dialing back on that. In basically, in, in Europe anyways, it was six months free, unlimited streaming on your computers. And then after that, there was like a certain limit on how many hours you could stream a month and you could only start stream a certain song a limited number of times and without upgrading to a paid account. So it remains to be seen at the moment since it's just launched here exactly what the terms are and if they're exactly the same. But I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's certainly got a lot of buzz from its its time in Europe. You know, there are a lot of other services available that do similar things. There's also, you know, a lot of people buy music from iTunes. So the question is, you know, is it worth it for people to say, you know, pay five bucks a month and stream all the music that they want? Let me just tell everybody a little bit about it here. According to the information at Spotify.com, in America, if you're living overseas, you know about this already. It says the award-winning music service that's taken Europe by storm has now come to U.S. shores. Millions of tracks ready to play instantly on your computer and your phone 
any track, anytime, anywhere, and it's free, except you have to first be invited. If not, you can go to Spotify Premium, and Spotify Premium starts at just $4.99 a month, and it offers optional services. And I guess people who don't want to wait for the free may be willing to pay for it, but the fee starts at $4.99 a month. There are limits, and as you pay higher monthly fees, the limits disappear. Now, compare that with something like what Apple has at iTunes coming up with iCloud. And what that is, is that you have an iTunes match service where, correct me if I'm wrong, for $25 a year, you can have it match or provide equivalents to up to 25,000 tunes that you do not already have in your iTunes library having purchased from Apple. Is that correct? I don't remember the 25,000 limit, but basically, yes, it's 25 bucks a year. And anything that you've ripped or purchased from another site that that also exists in iTunes' own catalog will basically, you'll get a a free version of that that's, that's better encoded, which is... Pretty cool. Um, I mean, it remains to be seen exactly how all the the details are going to work out there. But notice that Apple is really, really still, they're not in the streaming business still, right? You know, this stuff is, when when it matches your song, you get a downloadable file. And then that's a file that you can download on multiple devices and computers and playback, etc. But you're not streaming it over the network. You're downloading a file that you can then playback locally. and I think that's there's there's a reason for that, and it's twofold. One, I think part of it is licensing stuff. Um, I think they want to you know keep this idea of a song as a file for a little bit longer to sort of ease the music industry's uh, signing on. And two, uh, streaming is great and convenient, except again in those cases where you don't have a network connection. And if you're driving you know in your car and taking a long road trip or something, and you start hitting dead spots. You know, it's, it can be less convenient to have streaming than it is to have, you know, a, a copy of that file on your iPhone or iPod or whatever. Now, one of the concerns I had here is, I don't know if it's a concern, but just a question. But let's consider the possibilities here, and we'll have you answer it in the next segment. Okay. I bought the Beatles CDs, the first generation of CD remixes back in the 1980s. They were remixed again a year or two back, and now they're on iTunes. So I get iTunes Match, and it will examine what I've ripped from my CDs, including the complete collection of Beatles that were available. Will it match it up with the current remixed version offered on iTunes, or assume because it is technically a different product, even though it's the same album by the same artist, and not match it up? We'll have to ask that question. Maybe there's no answer. Dan Morin of Macworld joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You can save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Enser for HardcoreChristianity.com the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. Visit HardcoreChristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Visit our website, link to our new Internet radio, broadcasting 24-7 all of Michael's teachings, and going live for seminars and deliverance services. Check our schedules. HardcoreChristianity.com Will I have garlic breath after I take LEC? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, C. And the answer is, C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma. MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent, boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Alley C. For more information and to order Alley C, call 877-888-7126 or go to GarlicHealthProducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or GarlicHealthProducts.com. Fight back with Alley C. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. 
We had a cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen, on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. And Dan Warren from Macworld is going to answer that question, which is, okay, you have an older version of an album that's been remixed and is now offered on iTunes. They don't offer the older version, just a newer one. Will they use that to match your older version? Well, it's an excellent question. And the honest answer is, we don't know. If I had to guess, I would think that it probably won't match because it considers it a different album. And you're absolutely right. It's the same album, but I'm just guessing based on the way that they identify songs in theory, which I think requires some degree of acoustic fingerprinting or something like that. I think that it won't. Maybe it will. Like we might be surprised, in which case, you know, that that's a pretty nice surprise if you're getting remastered versions of all your old tracks. But because remember, a lot of the albums out there, especially the early generation of CDs, were not mastered well. Right. And I don't want to get into the technology here. But when CDs first came out, people said, Oh, it's so harsh and irritating, it doesn't sound good. And the reason is that when you mastered for an LP record, you had to configure the sound mix in a certain way so it sounded well balanced on your record player and that required you know it's not being flat or just a perfect capture they had to alter the bass the treble whatever to make it sound different make it sound good and i've seen mastering engineers old-fashioned mastering engineers do this back in the 1980s now with cd it's different because it's digital it captures all the excesses you have to dial things back a little bit but you have to create what we call a more natural mix, one that is not designed to fit a more flawed medium. And remember, vinyl is flawed because it's got limitations that the record makers would compensate for. If you try to do that with CD, it sounds horrible. So a lot of those early collections were remixed. So what happens? There could be two, three, four versions of the same album. So will iTunes consider that, or will their music industry partner say, look, what the heck, it's the same album given the latest version? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, and it really comes down to just, you know, the, how precise they are and what their, you know, what the policy is on it. Because, you know, the Beatles certainly aren't alone in that, but there are plenty of, plenty of albums that fall into that same category, or there are things where you might download, uh, you know, you might have a song that's part of a compilation or part of a... I have a bunch of soundtracks, for example, and so you know some of those will have stuff on them that's you know a pop song or a rock song, but it's a slightly different version from one that's just released on the album for that. So how will that match up? We don't know, um, and we're not going to until it until it comes out, unless Apple decides to share some more details. But it, it's an extremely interesting service. To me, if I find it fascinating because it's basically acknowledging this, you know, well, okay. A lot of people have CDs they rip, and a lot of people have music they buy from other sources, and that's fine. A lot of people have pirated music, too. Um, and that's and, the other question. What happens if you didn't get that music from a legal source? Will the RIAA flag you and say, pay up? Or will the music industry figure their cut of the $25 a year is better than getting nothing? I think it's the latter because I don't think they have any way of finding out whether or not a song that you downloaded that you have in your iTunes library is pirated or ripped. You know, there's Maybe really it could no be something you borrowed from your friend. Sure, absolutely. I mean, and you know, I think that I think that the music industry is at that point where they're saying, well, you know, we're not getting any revenue from all those people stealing their songs. You know, now we'll get some. That's basically, you know, it's not entirely an amnesty fee, but it, it is essentially them saying, well, we're, we're getting some money for it. We were getting zero before. That's, you know, positive, positive revenue in that department. So I think that's worth it for them, honestly, at this point. And I think that's a, it's an interesting move and one that I think a lot of people will appreciate. It also is really interesting because it tries to prevent, you know, 
people from it, it gives a compelling argument for why this is why you shouldn't just necessarily buy all your music say from Amazon, right? Because it, rather than making it a zero sum game where it's like, well, I buy the song from Amazon or I buy it from iTunes, you buy it from Amazon, you get a copy in iTunes too, in theory. <laughs> and so that's a, that's very interesting, right? It's it's such a fascinating move if for them to make. If you bring it into iTunes, it doesn't matter where you got it from. Yeah, and I mean. I, I think Apple says, you know, hey, this is this is all to our advantage, right? It keeps people using iTunes, the software. It keeps people, you know, wanting to use their iPhones and their iPads because they get all their music on there pretty easily. And I think that's that's a big deal for them. That's a much bigger deal that for them than worrying about, you know, than, than even that that twenty five dollars is. It almost seems like a pittance, right? Like it's twenty five bucks a year is is nothing compared to you know any num- the number of you know if you got a ten thousand pirated songs or whatever, right? You know, twenty five bucks a year is nothing. Um, yeah, but how many people have twenty five thousand pirated songs? More to the point, if ten million people sign up at twenty five dollars a year, suddenly it's two hundred fifty million dollars. Right, and well, the music that, industry likely is going to get a big cut of that. Oh, yeah. And the, I mean, I don't think Apple, I don't think this is a profit source for Apple. I mean, I think that this is, you know, at 25 bucks a year, I think you're looking at something that, like a lot of the iTunes stuff, is basically break even for them. And that they might make a little bit of profit on it, but $250 million a year to them is not that much money, right? I mean, it's some money, but like they, after they pay out the cut to the record labels, I'm guessing that they're not taking a big chunk of that change. You know, essentially on their overall balance sheet, it's not going to be a significant source of revenue. It's not like selling an iPhone or an iPad. And but it but it, it compel right? It sells hardware, right? It's it's some feature that's compelling that want, makes people want to buy an iPhone and an iPad and a Mac. And that's where the money comes in. So in that sense, they're willing to say, you know, let's offer this thing. It's not really going to make a lot of revenue for us. But, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell some devices. Ah, we're going to have to see how this plays. But if Apple sells more hardware, that's their benefit. Let's look at one other streaming, downloading issue that's come up. This is something we talked about earlier in the show. But, Dan, I'd like to get your take on it. Netflix. Now, what Netflix is doing, basically, as I explained earlier on the episode of the Tech Night Out Live, is they're kind of separating streaming and DVDs in a sense of you pay a fee for DVDs pretty much like you've paid. But if you want streaming, it's a separate service. It costs you more. Yeah. And it sounds like people are getting crazy over that, though. Technically, if you don't want the DVDs, you just get the streaming and it doesn't matter. And if you want the DVDs and you don't care about the streaming and you stick with the DVDs, it still doesn't matter. It's when you want both that the collision occurs. And it's this is tough. I mean, I'm someone I watch a lot of TV shows. I watch a decent number of movies and I've been a Netflix subscriber for many, many years. Um, And when they added the streaming stuff, it was awesome. Right. You know, and they didn't really charge anything for it. And, you know, it, it kind of started turning into this whole thing where it got built in all these devices and you can watch it on your iPad and your iPhone and all that. And it's. It's so far, it seems it felt felt like for so long. This is the way you know. This is the way everybody should be doing things. In the intervening years, they've had a lot of issues in terms of you know they've had to make deals with a lot of the, the studios that cause their things like their release date windows to get pushed back. They've had a limited catalog of stuff available on instant streaming, and it, you know they've had to they've experienced a lot of pushback. I think from the industry. Um, and so, you know, they've moved into this new pricing scheme, which takes effect in September, I think. And, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think about what I'm going to do. And honestly, the fact that I do love getting DVDs from them, um, especially because their DVD catalog is so much better. But at the same time, I, I think the streaming is more interesting to me. Um, and I think it's also, you know, it's the way things are going. And 
I often get DVDs from Netflix that I'll put on my you know coffee table or whatever and won't get watched for weeks on end. And so I feel like maybe I don't take the advantage of that that I should. And while there's a lot, plenty of movies in my queue that are only available on DVD and Netflix, I don't get around to watching them nearly as fast as I, as I should. So I, I think, you know, my hope is that I think people, I think there's a couple different things at play here. And one of the ones which I kind of hope is that they're looking to prove a point by saying once they separate these two, if they suddenly get like, okay, you know, 75% of our users signed up for just streaming as opposed to DVDs. That sends a powerful message that, that streaming is really what people are interested in. Um, and I think that both, you know, lets them evaluate how they want to proceed and also really, you know, says to the movie industry and the TV industry, like, look, people want to stream this stuff. They don't want to buy DVDs. They don't want to rent DVDs. They don't even want to get DVDs by mail. They're doing that because it's, it happens to be convenient. But that was one of those things that always blew my mind about Netflix was you think about the logistics involved in, you know, they're sent, they're sending people door to door essentially with DVDs and dropping them in your mailbox. It seems insane. It's insane to say that we have Dan Moran of Macworld magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the tech night out live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Devon Think is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devon Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off, all there at devontechnologies.com. That's devontechnologies.com. Is your church, school, or organization desperately looking for new fundraising ideas? Tired of the same old candles or candy, taking orders, inventory, and low profits? Well, here's great news. 10X Fundraising guarantees 10 times traditional profits with zero hassle. For an amazing free bonus, free shipping, and an extra 10% off, enter GCN when you go to 10xfundraising.com. That's the number 10, the letter X, fundraising.com. Or call 800-480-8797. Visit 10X Fundraising for 10 times a profit today. Will you survive during the economic collapse or another deadly natural disaster? Your key to survival lies here at hardshoot.com. A former member of U.S. Special Operations knows what you'll need to survive in these hard times. Our online store arms you with extreme survival kits, self-heating food reserves, and more. For a limited time with any purchase, you'll also receive a three-day survival kit absolutely free. Prepare now. The online store, www.hardshoot.com. www.hardshoot.com. 
GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, boils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, and not diminished by freezing, extreme heat, or years in storage. Dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit. Dermatol's soothing, rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective, it's guaranteed. Order yours today. Call 800-217-6677. 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Efficient. Economical. Effective. Spray it all with Dermatol. Question. Can functional magnetic resonance imaging be used to read our minds? Author Jose Calazo answers yes in his two new books, America's New Slavery. For more than 13 years, author Jose Calazo has been trying to prove that the U.S. government has the capacity to read a person's thoughts with a revolutionary technology known as fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, and there is proof that it exists. America's New Slavery explores this technology and its many possible applications in national security. Who has access to it? How is it being used? Does America's salvation rest in this technology? These and many other questions are answered in America's New Slavery, the new books by Jose Calazo, available on BN.com, Amazon.com, and Borders.com. America's New Slavery. All Americans should be concerned. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have for one more segment, Dan Morin of Macworld Magazine. I'm the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. And we were talking about the logistics of sending you DVDs. And the way it works, of course, is that Netflix has distribution centers around the United States. And what they do is when they get your DVD back, depending on how many you've ordered to have at the same time, they send you a replacement. They have replacements for damaged DVDs. I've gotten one or two. They're pretty good about it. I mean, if you don't really abuse the system, you say, it doesn't play, send me another. They don't wait for the other one to come back. They send it to you. They're really nice. Their customer service is really good. question is, how many people want that? How many people want streaming? But the argument I raised earlier in the show before you got on, Dan, is right now I don't use Netflix streaming for one reason. I don't get the new movies. I get the real old movies. I get the crap movies. And that's yeah, the that's, problem. That is the big challenge. And I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm I'm sure that Netflix would vastly prefer to have a catalog that is entirely, you know, this like everything or as much as they possibly can get, right? Because it's expensive for them to send all those DVDs out to people. Um, that's that takes a lot of money for them to do. And sure, it takes some money for them to provide the server overhead and all that, but I'd say, you know, the, the costs are far more incremental there than they are in terms of sending out all that stuff, all the stuff, you know, physical objects. Uh, yeah, I'm, but I don't think they can offer unlimited and get you current movies. They might have to go back to the way it's being done 
at the cable or satellite pay-per-view provider, which is maybe you buy a bucket of current movie streams. So, for example, you want to see one movie a week, you buy four. And you get unlimited streaming of older content. For newer content, you get four current movies or something like that. They can't offer at $8 or $9 a month sure, unlimited. Sure. It's not possible economically. But if you had something, you know, but if you offered it for 20 bucks a month, you know, you might get fewer subscribers. But if you had 20 bucks a month and you had a larger catalog, you might be able to make it up. I don't know. I mean, and I think the, the real argument there is that this is the way things are going. I mean, you look at all the, the streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, uh, and the like, and you know, people. I just don't see unlimited. I can't see unlimited with current product. Hollywood will not accept that. I think they're going to have to basically kind of make a streaming equivalent of the DVD market. Now, DVDs, the way it works is you can take one, you can take two, take three, up to eight at a time, depending on what you pay. And when you send them back, they replace each one in turn. Okay, there's no late charges. That's how they built their service. If it's going to be streams, though, it's going to be a maximum number per month that you're allowed to get. Otherwise, it falls down. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's this is a big challenge for the movie industry because, you know, Netflix has existed in the form that it has for so long and has developed the kind of, you know, user base and to a certain extent, pretty loyal user base. And streaming is increasingly, you know, the way that, that people are watching a lot of their video content, not not exclusively, and it still you know probably pales to the next to the numbers of cable subscribers. But you know it's it's clearly getting more and more popular, and I think that especially for archive stuff, and I think that to me that that's something that's really interesting to me is the stuff that's not you know not necessarily new, but not talking like super old either. But things within the last year or two, right? You know, there's. There's a lot of market there that isn't necessarily as big. You see these bargain bin DVDs for five bucks a piece. You know, I don't think people buy the DVDs in the same volume that they did five or six years ago. Uh, and I think having that a larger archive of stuff online, again, you know, like we were talking about with the music, recouping some money is better than recouping none. And while while mu- movie piracy has not reached the same levels that music piracy has, there's still plenty. There's still uh, an active community out there. So I think, you know, you, maybe you're right and unlimited streaming won't, won't fly, but I got to think there's other alternatives um, that will make this more palatable to consumers. And, and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the 16 bucks or whatever a month that you're paying is not necessarily outrageous, but, it, it, you know, it's a considerable hike from where people were now. So that's going to be an interesting choice um, to see if people really want to hold on to the, the streaming and DVD plans or if they're going to pick one side or the other. And I think how that shakes out will be really interesting and will play a big part in the the movie and TV industry's uh, decisions on how to proceed from there. The Night Owl's decision, I would give up the streaming unless there was current product. The way it is now, I seldom use it. I would do it. I'd probably stick with the physical DVDs, but if it ends up that I'm getting all the current stuff for 5 bucks a weekend, you know, for the Saturday or the Sunday movie watching from... Apple iTunes or from DirecTV or whatever your satellite or cable provider is for pay-per-view, I don't know. Maybe that's where it's going to go. Speaking of Apple and Apple TV, now one of the discussions I've had occasionally with other guests, and let's have your take on it, whether Apple, because of the fact that Apple TV, the uptake is okay but nothing special, Apple is really going to have to build their own 
high-definition TV set, 50-inch, 55, whatever. Not do like Bose where it's over $5,000, something that's reasonably priced. Do you think they're going to do it? My gut says no. I think I got to say I have a... I brought an, I bought an Apple TV, the new one, recently, and I took it with me on vacation this past week up to my uh, some of my cousin's house, and I was showing them how to use it. And they're both teachers, um, and I was showing them off like the iPad video mirroring. And then we rented a movie on the Apple TV, and I streamed some stuff to the Apple TV from my iPhone. And by the end of the week, they were all like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, can I get this? And, and you know, when I they're like, "How much?" But how much does it cost? I'm like, "Oh, it's a hundred bucks." And they're you know, you could sort of see them be like, "Really?" I mean, I think the Apple TV, the, the current version, is pretty outstanding as a device. And the way things are going in terms of the, uh, you know, the capabilities that are coming in iOS 5 for, like, the AirPlay mirroring from your, your iPad, um, there is a lot of potential in that device. I don't think they want to be in the TV industry. I don't, I don't think that that's something that they're interested in. And I think... You know, if you look at the cl- the closest analog, you look at the you know they, the monitors they they build, they sell a twenty seven inch cinema display, which I have on my desk, and it's lovely, but it's extremely expensive compared to comparable twenty seven inch displays. Um, and I just don't I don't think that they necessarily have an interest in that. I think that the the Apple TV is is the direction they want to go, and it's hard. And, and Steve Jobs has said before, you know, set top boxes are a hard market because there's it's something else to add. Um, you know, people don't know they already have, you know, set top box from cable, they have a DVD player, all this stuff, but it's such an elegant little device and it's so simple and it's so really pretty affordable that I think that that is a, a pretty sweet spot for them. I think they just building more capability into that is the way that things are going to go. Well, the question is here, of course, how it's going to play out with the cable or satellite providers. I know this is not going to happen, but I kind of think the way that Apple has had to do this and the cable and satellite providers, they have to allow outsiders to access their content, but of course only available to their subscribers, which is fair. We understand that. Only available to their subscribers, but they set it up in such a way that it's like the cable car that didn't work. Why do you need their DVRs? Who cares? If you have another way of accessing their services, they are still earning the lion's share of the money. They're not earning it from having you pay $6 a month for a DVR, I don't think. No. I, I mean, it, it's extremely complicated. I talked to any number of people who have wanted cable card setups, and they send their techs out to put the cable card in. It's like, I thought the whole point of this was supposed to be like, you pop it in. <laughs> like, you don't need a guy to do this for you. So I, I don't know. It's I, I think that's a rough market to get into, and I think Apple has a pretty nice solution in terms of the Apple TV. Um, I would love to see them develop its capabilities a little bit further. And I think, you know, it's a hard thing to market, but I think the the integration with the iPad and and the iPhone will prove to be pretty compelling, um, especially when when people have, you know, there there are so many people with those devices. You can find more of the things that Dan Moran writes about over at Macworld Magazine, Macworld.com, or check your favorite newsstand for a copy of the physical Macworld. You can find more of what I do at TechNightOwl.com. That's TechNightOwl.com. On Twitter, we're TechNightOwl at Twitter, TechNightOwl at Twitter. You can find Gene Steinberg over at Facebook, also at Google+. Plus. I have no idea what I'm going to do about it yet. And we have another radio show. It's called The Paracast. It's about things that go bump in the night, like UFOs and all that other stuff at Paracast.com. Paracast.com, now heard in the Big Apple in New York City. Okay? 
on your favorite radio station in New York City. Check it out. A special thanks to Dan Morin of Macworld. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate it. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.